Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. This is your captain speaking, the king of our Andy G. Welcome to this episode of the show. We're taking flight tonight with the Demonic Beans film pick of the week, Blood Red Sky from 2021, directed by Peter Ruffworth. So we're going to be talking about that later on in the show and can't wait to do it because vampires, planes, all of that. So we have a lot to talk about and oh, so much time to do it. So, of course, I want to introduce... My other co-host of the show, the bold and beautiful, the Gogi Keith. Word in Genshin demand, it was gagging as this verdamptin vampire in decent verdamptin flugzeug unter der Eminen. Guten Abend. Yeah, yeah. Welcome in. talking better. Welcome in. Guten Tag. Did you get it? Did open? Oh, all of a sudden we're dubbed in German. There goes our German. Hello. Hey, they're talking about us. Yeah, Hello. we're on the board. Hello. 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 Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a German production. We'll get into that. So, And, of course, we are joined by the psychotic Simeon, the Mad Monkey, the Prince of Morris Day. Yes, get funky with it in this flight, monkey. Oh, yeah, King, we're getting about as funky as a monkey who smells as skunky as a funky-ass homeless vampire in the middle of the woods. But you know what time it is, right, fans? So slip on those cans and prepare yourself for the greatest horror podcast there is in all of the land. Talking to you, baby. Also, never forget that you can catch us live. Don't worry, baby. You can always check us on the flip side where all of your favorite episodes are available on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes. And always, always share the love and like and subscribe to Talking Tarot on Facebook and then Instagram, baby. What's up, my family? <laughs> Welcome, monkey. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> oh, Club yeah. 46. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, I do, so I do. <laughs> that is good. One to six. All you need is get a free T-shirt. If you say the safe word. <laughs> and we're also joined by the very astute, very educated, very opinionated demonic dean with his film pick tonight. Welcome, dean. Welcome. Thank you. We will have to see is my technology working from the get-go. It's so good. It sounds like it so far. <laughs> All right, good. Must have got that Are you there? Are you yeah. there? Hold on. I am. Hey, oh, man. Uh, is is little, Dean there? Little, oh, little oh Dean, are you there? Uh, Dean, are you don't there? Don't do that. Don't do that to him. Don't do that to him. <laughs> I'll hang up. No, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, guys. He's on a streak. <laughs> it's good. Well, no, so this is the beginning of a, of a new streak. I've never I've never had a problem hearing. It's been the problem speaking. He's he's a very good listener and he's a very good partner. So 
He has that. So good. Uh, <laughs> Tell me so, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah, we have horror news. We have the movie to talk about. But uh, I wanted to kick this off, uh, kind of going back to Stranger Things Season 4. It's a question I wanted to ask everybody. I wanted to make sure that everybody was on board, Dean, Ghoul, Monkey. Uh, Monkey, not so much you because you didn't watch it, but you could follow along with it. So, Monkey, since you didn't watch it, there is a villain in Vecna who attacks you, but he is kind of put at bay when you listen to your favorite song. It's got to be something that's in your heart. It's got to be something you listen to. So, Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill was Max's in this this season's uh, Stranger 4. That was her song. So, when she listened to it, Vecna couldn't get her. So, I wanted to ask you guys, what is the one song that you would have to put on and play and repeat like she did to keep Vecna away. I don't know who wants to go first, but have that, boys. I want to hear these answers. Dean, go for it, bro. Um, that's an interesting question, and, uh, you know, that's a tough one to to think of right off the top. My instinct is to, is to go with a, a longer song, uh, something that mm-hmm. takes a long time to play through, so I don't have to continue to worry about uh, like flipping the tape or restarting. So I'm going right. to think of all of the different genres that I listen to. I'll probably have to go uh, one being like the 17 or 18 uh, minute March 1990 uh, Branford Marsalis sitting in with the Grateful Dead Eyes of the World, uh, or uh, if we're going on a complete other. Uh, tangent, uh, either possibly uh, locomotive or estranged by Guns N' Roses. Hmm. Interesting picks. Okay. Uh, uh, Ghoul, what do you got? You know, this is something that you would have thought that, like, hey, and I'm sure plenty of people did, but you would have thought, like, while watching the show, you would be like, hmm, what would my song be, you know? But at, at no point did it really enter my, my, my thought process, or if it did, it, it entered it and left it just as quickly. Um, you know, so, so just being put on the spot, the first thing that comes into my head, you know, the, the, it, it, it is tied to some, some really specific younger memories, um, so there, there would be two. I, I could put two songs as well. Um, one Rex and the would prob. One would probably be <laughs> Michael Jackson's Thriller. Um, okay, that's a good one. Just because, yeah, it's one of the first things I remember as like a, as a young kid. It's one of the first times I remember like listening to something and being like, "Wow, this is music," you know, and having the record and right. you know, having it on vinyl and like all of that stuff. Um, and then, then the other one is called music. I quite. Oh, music, I know, it's weird. Um, it, it's tied quite intrinsically to, to the Dean himself, and that would be Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, because there are a few oh, songs fine, in nice. that I could, I could put on no matter what and will fucking not only put a smile on my face, but will have me, like, singing at the top of my lungs in a snap. Awesome. That was, that was a good, really good pick. Um, so, Becca's not getting either of you. Uh, Monkey, what do you have? Uh, yeah, me, it would have to be either uh, Prince's version of Erotic City. <laughs> Just well, that's a I good fucking too, though. <laughs> I, I love, love that. that. Yeah. Or um, it would have to be the duet between um, Debbie Harry and the lead singer from Cheap Trick, 
It was called Sin Love Through. It's from the soundtrack for a movie called Rock and Rule. And it's just one of my oh, okay, favorite yeah. uh, adult cartoon films. Like, not yeah, as often as porn. Huh? What's that, Dean? Robin Zander? You said the singer from Cheap Trick? Yeah, 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 yeah. S- s- yeah, him. Yeah, his name is Robin Zander. Uh, but, yeah, but, um, he, yeah, Debbie Harry and him did the vocals together, and then Cheap Trick as a band did the music behind the song as well. And it's just a really cool duet, and it's how they end the movie. And it's just a really cool thing, and the bitches is kind of hard to find because they never officially released the soundtrack to this film except for a very, very, very short time. And so, therefore, finding a good, good, clean copy of this and learning it, you know, just soaking in the song is like a trial in itself. But, yeah, those would be my two songs. What's the name of the song again? Send, lo- send Love Through. It's the, it's the finale song for the movie Rock and Rule. Canadian animated film, which I fucking love, has an awesome, awesome soundtrack. Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, Earth, Wind, and Fire, De- Debbie Harry, not Blondie, Debbie Harry, you know, and uh, ju- yeah, it's just it's a really good soundtrack. But King, so what's what's your your tune, dude? I mean, I thought a lot about it because I, I love music and I love all different kinds of genres, but it's cliche. And the Bruce Springsteen song to run. No, it's not. And it's not about <laughs> either. It's it's very cliche, but I'm going to explain it. So, my song would be Master of Puppets by Metallica, and I know that it was featured in season four. Eddie Munson, rest in peace, brother. You know, playing that song on the trailer. But the reason I picked it is because back when I was like 18, I had just gotten my driver's license. I was working at a Cub Scout camp, and they were having a resident camp, which means that you stay overnight. You know, you sleep in tents, you help out the kids, all that good stuff. But when I was working at that camp, I was cutting wood, and I ended up cutting my hand open with a hatchet. So Dude. I had to go to the hospital, get stitches, the whole thing. And it kept opening up. Like, for some reason, the stitches weren't holding, and it just kept busting open. So I wrapped it up, and I just wanted to stay up that night because I was afraid of just bleeding out for some reason. I just had this fear of bleeding out. So uh, a guy named Jerry, who I worked with, he was a huge Metallica fan. And he's like, listen, I'm going to give you my tapes. <clears throat> stay up. Listen to him. It's going to change your life, dude. He's like, especially if you start with Master of Puppets. He's like, start with that album. <clears throat> start it from beginning to end. You're going to love it. So I did. I listened to it. I loved it, especially Master of Puppets. And the first song I ever listened to when I got my license and got into my car to drive home from that camp was Master of Puppets. So anytime I hear that song, it just gives me the greatest smile on my face. It just makes me happy. It's a three-part song. Kirk's solo in that is amazing. And then a couple of years later, Jerry ended up dying in a car accident. So he died, passed away, and forever Metallica will always be associated with him. And I couldn't thank him enough when he was still around for introducing me to a band that I just didn't really pay attention to until that year when I listened to almost every album by them. And I just, I, it was a memorable summer. And yeah, Master of Puppets will always be that one going to be the one that always lifts my spirits up when I'm even in a bad mood. Got to listen to it. Very cool story, man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so it's just amazing. Um, even the S&M version where they have the orchestra. You don't think it's going to work, but kind of does. You know, that's a great uh, live album, S&M, where they play with the Philharmonic Orchestra. You know, play all their metal songs. But um, So, yeah, that's it. So I'm glad to get these answers from you guys and people at home listening. What, what's your song? 
you know, let us know on the Facebook. Let us know on Instagram. What's your one song that would save you from Vecna? I, just, I love hearing responses on all these Facebook groups I'm part of. So, anyway, with that being said, is there anything you guys want to talk about before we get into horror news? I am cool. I am all nerded out, man, from last week. Like I am, I'm spent from just <laughs> the the big the big oh, money man. shot that we gave out of the next phases of Marvel. So I'm good, unless you want to talk about a, a Trailer a, King. <laughs> we could. Uh, Dean, did you have a chance to watch the Spirit Halloween trailer? I did. You did okay. So that'll be what that's my contribution tonight for Harm News because the Spirit Halloween trailer dropped. It's coming out later this year. Christopher Lloyd is the main star of it. The trailer dropped today. It's about a minute fifty seconds. Uh, you know, at the you know at the same time. It looks cheap, you know, it kind of looks like a YouTube video, you know, somebody shot it with their phone. But at the same time, it brought me back to being a kid and watching Goonies and the Monster Squad, you know, and seeing these kids having to do battle with all this evil, but keeping it kind of kid-friendly. You know, it's, you're not going to see heads get ripped off. You're not going to see mutilations, but it's a fun kid adventure that brought me back to being a kid and watching those movies and enjoying them. So, yeah, it looks kind of cheaply made, but at the same time, I just love it. So what did you guys think about it? Well, I I wouldn't go ahead with only seeing a, a minute and two-second uh, teaser trailer uh, put it into a, a category with the, with the Goonies or, or the Monster Squad, of course, but... Uh, I understand what you're saying in that uh, from that brief trailer, and yes, of course, it does seem cheaply made. And I remember uh, very distinctly when I uh, brought up this project here on our show yeah. uh, a few months ago, um, like rolling my eyes to no end at the concept. But I will say right. uh, that the trailer uh, definitely uh, captured kind of that essence and spirit of like, like kind of kid adventure thriller uh trending into horror and and uh you know the the teaser like i don't know i I'll probably check that out if it's something that hits uh i know it's going to i have some some info on it for our discussion uh which we'll get cool. to um but you know i i and i i, I admittedly i'm a huge fan i love christopher lloyd i absolutely yeah. adore christopher lloyd and um I mean, Jim Ignatowski uh, from Taxi is one of my all-time favorite TV characters. Like, hand down. Marla Gibbs is in it. <laughs> uh, Florence yes, is. And, from the uh, Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and and Rachel A. Cook. Uh, and for, it's, it's really funny because uh, I was watching the trailer on my phone, and for the briefest moment, I was like, "Is that with Nona Ryder?" And then I was like, "Oh no, it's Rachel A. Cook." But anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking Natalie kinda, Portman. Like, yeah. Um, you know, like I don't know, like the teaser kind of. I don't know. There was something about it that was like kind of like I'm kind of yeah. kind of into this. Maybe I want to maybe check this out. All right. So, Ghoul, what do you think about the Spirit Hall intro? Yeah. No. I mean, it looks entertaining. You know, I, will I will I see it? Yes. You know, of course, there's a good chance, especially with the A list stuff. So, um, you know, which unfortunately, like right now, I'm just in this in a funk like this past weekend happened and like I, I looked at like you know the the theater and I'm like ooh I'll go see a movie and I'm like well all that's playing are four or five fucking kids movies and movies that I've already seen uh, so 
I, I didn't go see anything. Instead, I kind of just spent the entire weekend in, in my house just chilling. Uh, but, yeah, this, this, this movie looks like a lot of fun. It, it does capture that whole... I mean, look, dude, I know you want to talk Monster Squad, you want to talk about this, talk about that. It, it's got Stranger Things vibes. You know, I mean, look, that, that's obviously what they were going for. That's obviously what they wanted to do. It's got a little bit of a throwback here and there with some of their references, but it's, it's, it's blatant advertising for the spirit of Halloween. And it's, oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be a, a, hope, a hopefully fun movie. So, I mean, that, that's all I can really ask, is that it is a fun film. But we will see. We'll see when the finished product comes. Monkey, what do you think? Yeah, I'm torn because I'm, I agree with the ghoul here, where this is just a blatant, blatant advertisement for Spirit Halloween. And uh. this did – well, yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, I, but I'm saying this didn't – we still could have had this kind of story with this kind of adventure, and it didn't need to be set in the store the entire time here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the the actual time that we have of it being in the store is very, very minimal. It's, you know, it's not 75% of the movie. And mm. uh, but, but at the same time, I still agree with you guys where it's, it definitely has that family fun ho- Halloween horror feel to it where – if they don't screw this up, I could see this easily becoming just that mandatory Halloween viewing that you have to do every year, <laughs> just your fun Halloween movies. So, yeah, I could see this right up there of uh, other family-friendly movies like Goose- Goosebumps. Hocus Pocus. Fuck that movie. Who the fuck put <laughs> that on this movie? But I'm sure people out there Somebody. still watch it every Halloween. <laughs> I mean, they have a sequel coming, so obviously somebody's watching it. Yes, there's definitely you know, a fan base, and yes, the movie's fun, and yes, you know, Disney was kind of trying to push itself a little bit, but at the same time, we can only take but so much bit Midler at one time. So, <laughs> that's right, <not> sure. <laughs> yeah, Dean, uh, the floor is yours for horror news. Yeah. What are we talking about? What are we, what are we chatting about? Uh, so, uh, being that you brought up the spirit uh, Halloween uh, film, uh, I do want to mm-hmm. say that uh, along with the with the teaser trailer uh, that was released, uh, was listed as uh, hitting VOD video demand video on demand on October 11th. Uh, so just oh. in time for the Halloween season, uh, it will wherever you get your video on demand films from, you will have the opportunity to see the Spirit Halloween movie on October 11th. So no theatrical, so, huh? Just straight to VOD? Uh, no, no. Uh, strictly VOD, nothing here about theatrical, which I get. Uh, I get completely. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And it makes sense. And uh, I don't think uh, that uh, this is the kind of thing. I mean, look, maybe, uh, you know, kid-friendly in the Halloween season, but I think that, um, you know, the, the, the on-demand route is probably the right direction for this. And it looks super fun, and I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I will actually, uh, I, I, when I went to the movies the other day and saw the black phone, uh, the theater that I went to, it was not the theater in my town that I usually walk to. Uh, I had to go to the, the theater that's like a 10 to 15 minute drive, uh, cause my local theater doesn't get everything. Uh, but where that theater is, is, uh, like two doors down from where, uh, one of the local spirit Halloweens, uh, pops up every year and, uh, the Spirit Halloween sign is up, and 
uh, it's opening soon, but I would imagine uh, that once all of the Spirit Halloweens are open for business, uh, that when you go inside, I would bet uh, that there, there will be ample marketing for the Spirit Halloween movie, uh, reminding people about it uh, to check out. So uh, just from people flooding into the stores all across the land uh, or all across the barren strip mall landscape across this country, uh, right. people will go home and be like, oh, maybe I'll check this out when I get home and like get it for, you know, rent it for, you know, a dollar ninety nine or whatever on YouTube and, and check it out. So I think, I think the, the on-demand strategy is probably the right move for that thing. That's what I'm saying. You're not taking my idea about renting out abandoned store places and just showing the movie there. <laughs> get the Spirit Halloween model. That's their model. So why not show it there? But uh, VOD is the way to go, I guess. Absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. All right. So, yay or nay on Black Phone, Dean? Uh, 50-50. Uh, there were things that I would like. Um, things I wanted, uh, things I thought were left unexplained or unsaid. Uh, I, I am a fan of Ethan Hawke and always like to see Ethan Hawke. Um, I thought there were a couple of effective jump scares. Um, you know, I, I, I dug it. I'm, I, you know, it was not the, the, was it the best horror that I've ever seen. No, but... Uh, I enjoyed the opportunity to, to get into the theater to see a horror movie, and I've seen two recently with both Nope and The Black Phone. So, um, you know, it was cool. 1978 period piece. Always appreciate uh, a contemporary period piece. Yeah. Uh, late 70s mm-hmm. to the 80s. If done kind of with an authentic feeling, which I thought that uh, Black Phone did that very well. And, um, you know, did it, did it uh, walk out of there going, oh, my God, The Black Phone? No, but you know, it was an enjoyable experience for the, you know, the, the, the matinee price that I paid for it. Okay, so you're here now, Nope. Uh, I don't want to get into that right now. That's a whole other conversation about <laughs> okay. that right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Understandable. So, all right, moving on. What are we talking about next? Uh, so this has been some news that I've been seeing on a lot of different places. And, uh, you know, I didn't do too much in-depth reading about it. And I'm hoping that my comic-loving people here can uh, fill in uh, some of the informational gaps in my brain cells. But... Uh, all of the Samaritan, the, the Batgirl, <laughs> no, the the Batgirl yeah. film, the DC uh, Batgirl film, uh, being completely uh, canceled. No theatrical Scrap. release, no on-demand streaming release, yep. like just completely Done. thrown away. Um, so you know, I don't know if uh, Ghoul Monkey. If, 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 I know this kind of stuff is in your wheelhouse. If you have any information about that, but uh, you know, I just. I know that stuff is all the rage, and that doesn't necessarily mean that that girl was going to be the be-all, end-all, but for, for something to just be completely tossed in the trash, um, I'm just curious uh, what you might have to say about that. I didn't I even know they were working that. on it. So, okay, wait, 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 uh, and Ghoul, what did you guys know? Well, what I found out today is that apparently there's a new studio head at Warner Brothers who is shaking everything okay. up over there. There's a lot of shaking up. Uh, so not only oh. that girl – but also uh, the new animated movie that cost $40 million, Scooby-Doo, Holiday Hawk, has also been shown. So they're also not going to be releasing that in any way, shape, or form. And then they started picking off movies on HBO Max, getting rid of them completely. So if you're looking forward to watching a number of movies, including the remake of The Witches, you're out of luck because that is gone. So this new studio head, and I forget his name off the top of my head. I put it on the Facebook page. But he's just clearing house, trying to cut costs any way that he can. Uh, and just wow. Yes, that's it. Yes, that's it. That's his name. 
So he's basically just saying, I got to cut costs any way I can. So this is gone. This is gone. These movies are gone. So again, it leads me to praise physical media. So if you're one of those people that likes to download movies and go, it's safe. It's not going to go anywhere. Nah. As the ghoul has said, movies disappear. And now these movies are also disappearing. So yeah, it's a big shakeup right now. That is the talk on variety.com and all these other places about Warner Brothers switching up the regime and how it affects HBO Max. So, yeah, Batgirl was going to be one of those movies, and now it's not. So, you know, are we ever going to see it? Maybe. But as of right now, yeah, it's going to be a show on the shelf. Kind of crazy. You know, Batgirl was a, uh, was a weird one, man. You know, I mean, look, listen, the guy wants to focus on making theatrical movies. Um, yes, he wants to yep. kind of he wants he wants to drop the streaming shit. Batgirl was already at yep. ninety million dollars, you know, and yep. that's a lot of money to put into <laughs> into something that's just going to stream on HBO Max. You know, I know we 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 saw all this, this rise of all these streaming services during COVID. You know, they all all of a sudden <clears> they all came fucking crawling out of the woodwork, and and obviously Disney having Disney Plus kind of kind of worked in a lot of ways to kind of lead that charge. Um, yeah. As far as being a, a, a major, you know, production production company going the streaming route. Obviously, we had Netflix, we had Amazon Prime, stuff like that. But you know, they they were not yet like yeah, like yeah. Netflix has been making stuff for years, but but their their exclusive stuff has just kind of started building up big. Um, you know, these these other studios though, it it was a risky proposition. Now with if they're, they're seeing the success of certain movies in the theater happen again. So, of course, what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to start making bigger budget films, or at least, if not bigger budget films, they're going to want to take that money that they've been allocating towards streaming films, lower that, and put that towards the theatrical movies. You know, I mean, look at something like Top Gun Maverick. Fucking movie broke over a billion dollars. Yeah, this, this is what the studios want. That's the money they're looking for. They're not looking to see, oh, yeah, well, you know, fucking, I don't know, 20 million people tuned into HBO Max. Sure. Okay, and out of that 20 million, what, maybe 10 million have the subscription and everybody else is just sharing everybody's account or fucking ripping it off <laughs> and streaming it through some other service anyway? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with what he's doing. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, like, what is this guy doing? I was like, no, I completely agree with what he's doing. Like, stop putting these brand-new movies on streaming. Let's get back into the movies. Let's get back into the theaters. Like, we spent $90 million on this movie. That shouldn't be a streaming service movie. It should be on the theaters. You know, like uh, uh, Army of the Dead, $90 million, and it got right on the Netflix. No theaters. Yeah, well, that movie, so that that movie deserved to be on the Netflix. <laughs> well, it did. But not, it, and it definitely wasn't worth $90 million, but at the same time, like we're saying about Batgirl, yeah, that should be on the screen, in theaters, not just dropping on the HBO Max. Like, that should be a theatrical well, release. But. When you look at where that budget goes, you know, that's the thing. You have, you know, and, like, and look, obviously he's an older actor now. He's not going to be demanding, you know fucking big budget money, but you got Michael Keaton. You know, you had all these other and stars that and, yeah. and they were all supposed to be in this in this movie. So yeah. then, if, if they're not going to really see a direct return in their investment with the film by putting it on the streaming service, there's no reason mm-hmm. to put it on the streaming service. 
So completely agree. Monkey. Yeah, and then I'm, I was just going to resound with kind of what the ghoul was saying too, though. Is like you know stuff where even when it's getting a theatrical release, I'm you know actually shocked how quickly a lot of these movies are going straight to streaming while, you know, fuck this, yeah. still in the mo- fucking theaters, man. It's like because mm-hmm. uh, Lightyear, Lightyear just dropped on Disney Plus, and I was like, what, man? Like, that, that literally just dropped in the movie theaters. And, the, is, like, I don't know if it's because didn't of well. times and... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh, okay. It, it, it didn't do well at all. But but I don't yeah. but like aside from Maverick, you know, I don't know if it's still that people are still having the COVID mentality and they're not really going to theaters, except when movies first open up. But I'm just really really shocked at how quickly stuff is going to streaming or even physical media. Um, yeah, you know, because yeah. every everything all, everywhere all at once, you know, literally dropped like you know a month ago, and now I'm seeing it, you know, in stores on DVD, and I'm like, wow, you know, and I, I can see where he's coming from of where, um, you know, we need to get stuff back in theaters and get, start giving theatrical runs a try again, maybe. Yeah, that's, uh, that's mean, where his headset's at. Certain mm-hmm. movies are making money in theaters. I mean, nope, made money, you know, so <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's weird. I don't know. See, see, the thing is this, because remember, pre-COVID, I had the A-list thing. And pre-COVID, yes, I, was, I was going to the movie theaters, and there were plenty of fucking yeah. movies that I would go to, and there weren't many people in the theater. You know, so mm-hmm. as much as, as the idea of like, hey, we only want to make these movies to, to be theatrical movies is, is great. You know, I love the movie theater experience. One of my favorite things yeah. in the entire world. Um, but at the same time, too, you know, not everybody has, you know, like the, the A-list program like I do. Now, do, do, I think, do I think everyone should get it? Well, yeah, if you have enough AMCs or if you have an AMC close by, go ahead. It's, it's, if you want to go see fucking movies, it's stupid not to. You see two movies and the damn yeah. thing paid itself off. It's like having the old Great Adventure season pass. Um, but I think <laughs> rising costs of the film, like going to see a movie is a major factor. Rising cost of, you know, uh, of condiments and shit like that, or not condiments, but, uh, you know, just uh, the food. The shit Pretzels like, and cheese. The food there. Concessions. That's <laughs> what I was thinking of. Um, you know, but like, not even pretzels with cheese. Like, okay, look, pretzels with cheese, I get. You know, you want to charge me six, seven bucks, it's pretzels with cheese. That's that's fantastic. But eight, nine, ten dollars. How, much, fucking how, how soda, much do they. You know, Cool. I just out of curiosity, uh, what what do they get for a, a standard pretzels and cheese these days? For real, I, I haven't. You know what? I haven't gotten one at any of the theaters that I've gone to yet. So, but I'm pretty sure it's Ooh, something bucks. like it's like seven fifty to ten dollars. It's somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, ten bucks. I know. I know, pretzel, I know. Popcorn and soda will run you sixteen bucks. Oh, you know, easily. Yeah. So, you know, if you're taking two people to the theater and you're going to get that stuff, you know, you're looking at a $40, $50 freaking investment. Now, I get it. It's, it's, it's a night out to see a movie. But when you look at the amount of streaming services and you look at the amount of things that people have, you look at the fact that people have bigger screens with nice pictures, fucking surround sound, mood lighting, all kinds of cool shit, you know, why go to the theater when I can kind of watch some of the similar shit at home too? Well, that, that's true. my point exactly. Is 
why I, you know, one of the main reasons I don't go to the theater is because, you know, the, the like you were saying last, money. last week, uh, you know, <laughs> um, no, but like you were saying last week, King, you know, when you went to go to the movie theater, I think it was you, King, you know, the, the sound was all shot the fuck, you know, the, um, <laughs> well, that was so, me with Jurassic Park. Uh, oh yeah, oh, there yeah, we that go. Was the, yeah. yeah, the goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sound was shot, you know, so you can't, you know, rely on that anymore. You know, and me personally, it's like, you know, I just prefer the sharper, cleaner image of a, a good, good TV versus the still very, very grainy look of a movie theater screen. And you know, that that's just that, that's just my opinion. There is just one, you know. Because, yeah, again, King, when we went to go see Deadpool 2, you know, it was fucking shot. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on what theater good. you're going to. It depends on how long the movie's been running. You know, like, I can't, I yeah. can't, as much as I could complain about the sound for Jurassic Park, the fact of the matter is the movie's been out for, what, like six, seven weeks now. It was, like, relegated yep. to, like, one of the smallest, shittiest theaters in the 18-fucking-screen theater. Um you know, and as far as, like, picture quality and shit like that goes, uh, if you really want to see picture quality, go to one of these theaters and go see something on IMAX. Go see something on, I think it's called, like, AMC Prime and AMC Dolby. Yeah. Uh, fucking, like, sound. The sound in those freaking AMC Dolby things, it'll fucking shake your rectum open, dude. It's like fucking <laughs> yeah. shit. It's <laughs> so loud, your fucking asshole opens yeah, up, is. you know, like a fucking dilated yeah. hatch. Yeah. No, and... You know, earlier this year when I when I got the Black Dolly in my car, you know, I made it a point. I'm going back to the theater, and I've gone and seen so many movies this year. I'm actually going this weekend to go see Bullet Train, the new uh, right, Brad yeah, Pitt I am movie. Too. Dude, I yeah, am that too. looks that fucking yeah. good. It looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I was very happy to see something was coming out this week that I wanted to see. I couldn't wait. As soon as I saw that first show, I was like, I'm fucking in. And, again, yeah, you can watch it at home. You could rent it, and you could sit and pause it and go to the bathroom, get yourself a snack, sit back down. But nothing beats the movie theater experience for me. Sitting in this seat, you know, when you got your snacks, you got your soda, and you're watching this movie on the big screen, and there's people around you, and they're also reacting what's happening. You just you can't get that at home. So that's why I just I love this renaissance that I've had back in the movie theater. It's like that's my home. I just I love being in those seats, and I love seeing it on the screen. You know, as much as I enjoy watching it at home, just nothing beats a theater. You know, despite rising costs and everything like that because of inflation, no. Well, you know how I feel with it, man. Once those lights go down and, and the screen oh, comes yeah. to light, whatever film it is, that's it. I, I'm entranced into an entirely different yep. world. And that, that's, that's I don't get up. Nicole, Nicole Kidman tells us, you know what I mean? Because it is. You know, like, I, I, I've seen that fucking promo so many times. It drives me up the wall. Oh, my oh. God. Play the head well, of every yeah, at every AMC movie, yeah, because it's the 100 years of AMC, or it was. It was supposed to be the 100 years in, like, 2020, I think it was. But we're still dealing with it now in 2022 because of COVID. Um, but, yeah, nothing, nothing beats that experience at all. You know, but, again, it's a, uh, I don't know, it, it's entertainment is a strange, strange thing. It really is. And when I went to go see Nope after I left, there was a couple and their friend talking about it outside of the theater, talking about Jordan Peele and his movies. And I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, like, us is great. Like, nope, what a scale. And they're like, yeah, yeah, dude. But it's like, you can't get that at home. Like, when the movie's over, you're like, okay, great. I'm going to go uh, do laundry now. <laughs> you know, you can't get it 
I get like that. You can't get these conversations. And I always love that. Like when you meet random people outside of the theater going, oh, my God, dude, that was great. Like, yes. You just shared an experience. And that's why I like the theater is just the place to be, you know. So enough of that soapbox about cinema. I feel like I can go all night. Dean, what else do you have about horror news? What are you talking about? Uh, I did just want to say, and then I want to move on from this topic quickly, is that uh, I had this in my comics uh, lane that the the Flash is ending after season nine. It is coming to an end. So I haven't really watched. I haven't watched season five. So mm. this, this this Flash series is this the one uh, with the actor. Uh, Ezra no. Miller, who's like a sex uh, predator groomer person, or is that a different? He's from the DC movies, Ezra Miller, the, the one that does the Flash in the TV series is Grant Gutman, and uh, no, t- totally separate. Ezra Miller's a, a theatrical actor. Oh, well, not anymore. How silly! How silly! <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Please don't get please don't get those two mixed up because the the dude that plays Flash on the TV series he's just a really really cool sweet guy you know always cool to the fans you know uh, again pre COVID he was always there at the cons always gave them the time of day and just super cool guy <laughs> that we know of. Shut up, King. <laughs> then you find out that he has like a dog fighting ring somewhere, and you're like, oh, no, not you. Not you. You're supposed to be the good one. No. <laughs> I trusted you. I think, my, I think my intro to that actor was actually through Glee. So when she was, Ooh, uh, okay. I, think played, I think he played one of the uh, the prep school kids from whatever school was typically the uh, the one against them. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I never watched a single episode. So, I couldn't uh, tell you. Hmm. All right. Oh, you know me and me. Uh, moving on. Yes, moving about? on. Uh, in, 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 in this particular item uh, for the monkey, uh, we know already Ooh. that Hocus hey, Pocus hey. 2 is coming on September 30th to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm, here, <laughs> what I'm here to talk about That's now is the announcement uh, of the Kellogg's tie-in uh, of a new breakfast cereal, a berry brew breakfast cereal uh, that is coming uh, at any moment in the U.S. Uh, you can get a 7.7-ounce box for $4.29 or a 12-ounce box for $5.29. Uh, this cereal is going to be uh, mixed berry uh, with purple, orange, and yellow star shapes, as well as green and purple flakes in the shapes of the Sanderson sisters' robes. Uh, so if oh. you want to get an opportunity oh, for this no. uh, Hocus Pocus 2 breakfast cereal tie-in, uh, you should expect it nope. to hit the shelves of your local grocery uh, at any time. Well, you a you box, know what? They, 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 they can go to hell with that because instead we're going to sit there and instead talk about how General Mills is bringing back Fruit Brute this fall yeah. for the first time in a long time because this past fruit? year they had the anniversary. Fruit Poo Fruit Brute. From, fruit from the cherry um, cereal. Yeah, it's, it's from, from the fruit monster poop. cereals. Fruit Brute. Because <laughs> last year they did the, the, the is it brown? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, it turned yeah. to shit red. That's what I that, tell you that much. 
<laughs> because last year they did the monster bash where they make yeah. all the food was together. It a graveyard bash? <laughs> yeah, it was. It did the match. <laughs> and, and this year, like for, for the hot. For the Halloween time, that's what they'll be doing is bringing that this one back. And yet, no <laughs> yummy mummy. Yummy mummy gets the cold shoulder, <laughs> the orange flavored uh, well, Once again. <laughs> well, no, no, because, because they, they, they acknowledge yummy mummy and the monster mash. <laughs> they do, but they're not releasing it as part of that pack. It's going to be Boo Berry, yeah. Count Chocula, um, and then Fruit Brute. And uh, Frankenberry, Frankenberry, Frank that's it. Yeah, that one. So they're going to release it as a, a big pack, where they have like individual bags. So I'm just excited. I like, know Frankenberry is the last time uh, for Bruce Brown. Yeah, Frankenberry. There you go. Blueberry. Yeah, Count Chocula. Remember when Count Chocula was on shelves like all year round? Like when I was younger. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a Halloween thing. It was always around. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not anymore. Like, it was a regular. It was a regular no. fucking cereal. Yeah, because it was it was Count Chocula and Frankenberry were the year round ones, and then Booberry would yeah, pop up favorite. every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Uh, listen, when, <laughs> when I was a kid, Booberry was always on the fucking shelf too. It was the three of them. I remember the advertisements. And the reason yeah. why I remember them all so well is because it was, you know, again, just like my video store experience as a kid, it was, hey, Mom, you know, Frank, can I get this cereal because I really want it? No, we're going to get Raisin Bran and fucking Frosted Flakes because that's what's on sale and that's what you're going to eat. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well, was one, 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 that, uh, I was allowed to pick, pick one box house. of cereal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, like, in my house, it was, like, Cheerios, but it wasn't actually Cheerios. It was, like, Passport Cheerios, which came in, like, a plastic yeah. bag, where it was just, like, toasted like O's. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, O's. And then it's, like, when you go to your grandparents' house, they're like, hey, what cereal do you want? I want blueberry. Good. Got it. I'm like, yeah, this rules. Uh, I'm tired of eating suck, that Cheerios. My, my house. My house, it was always, like, you know, generic Cheerios uh, f- and uh, fucking puffed wheat and shredded wheat. That's what was always in my house as a They kid. just wanted you to shit a lot. That was the problem. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> they just wanted you to take a lot. They wanted you to get fiber. <laughs> it's like, why can't I get cookie crisp? It's like, nah, no, eat these toasted oats. <laughs> oh, cookie <laughs> crisp. I used to love those commercials. Yeah. It was and cookies dog. in your cereal. <laughs> yeah. It was a burglar, it was a cop, it was you know I mean it was fun. But yeah, you couldn't have those cereals. Like I never had Lucky Charms until I was like in my teens. I was like, I wanna know what this tastes like. <laughs> you have to buy but, it on but, my but, own. But, they were magic. Blowing some of our oh, but, yeah, blowing some of our own paychecks if I had sixteen year olds so we could actually buy the fucking cereal we wanted as a kid. <laughs> Well, the worst part too, though, is and again, as a kid of the '80s, I'm sure the dean knows it. I'm sure I'm sure the monkey knows it. So much shit was always advertised, like in the box for the cereal, and it always looked oh yeah so fucking cool, <laughs> but it was always. <laughs> yeah. So fucking lame in like real life. Like you open that shit and it was like <laughs> yeah. the shittiest, cheapest fucking plastic like piece of shit toy, Batman or it was like just, or it was like just a piece of paper and it said something like you know <laughs> yeah. you had to send in to like actually like get the toy. But that's not what the commercial told you. You know the fucking cartoon oh, no. character in the commercial like whipped it out in front of the kids and was like playing <laughs> with it and the kids were like, oh that looks like so much fun, dude. <laughs> 
all over their face, and it was like, oh, fuck. And, but that never happened when I would get serious yeah. as a kid. Oh, yeah, but dude, you're absolutely right, man, because it would be that one time of the month when my mom would be like, okay, you can go get a box of cereal. That was my yeah, fucking serious? quest. Is to, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, so, so yeah. that, like, you know, that was like, God you're, damn you're the monkey, the whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> you you spent the entire shopping trip in the in that aisle, just going up and down, you know, picking, basing it just on the fucking price. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, back in the late eighties, early nineties, there was Ralston cereals. Like you had the Super Mario, you had Zelda, you had Batman. Oh, and then fucking Ralston cereals. Oh, and fucking Ralston. Mario and Zelda, dude. Mario and Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the two pack. It tasted like yeah, cardboard. It didn't taste like anything. Just, but you're just, like, yeah, just like the <laughs> just like the nerd cereal. The <laughs> yeah, there was no difference. It was just a two pack. And then, of course, like I nerd said, the real Ghostbusters cereal, which I got one time. And I actually got the T-shirt from the Ghostbusters uh, cereal box, which had the hologram on the front of all the Ghostbusters from the real Ghostbusters. And there's a picture of me wearing that shirt, where my brother's wearing a Bruce Springsteen shirt. And I look like Rain Man, but still, I was like, Before I got that run. shirt from that cereal. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I just remember that picture. And I'm like, yeah, I got that T-shirt from that box. I saved the box tops. <laughs> Man, did I have to eat a lot of that fucking shitty cereal just to get those box <laughs> tops. Plus, like, $5 shipping, you know, and postage. But, man, I love that, that hologram shirt. Brings you back. But, all right, dude, moving on from that, what do we got? What are we talking about? We have talked so much here about how Noah Hawley and Hulu are teaming up for an alien TV series. And uh, the yeah. word right now is that all of the scripts for this series are done. It's going to begin filming in uh, early 2023 as soon as Noah Hawley finishes the next season of the Fargo series. Uh, and okay. while there is no release date, uh, industry insiders say that it's a possibility that you might get to see the alien TV series by late 2023. So that's what's going on in the world of the Alien uh, TV series for Hulu. And also uh, in Hulu. Uh, the Hulu universe, uh, Hulu. the uh, Predator Prey film uh, is available yeah, now wait. on Hulu. And, Ooh, um, you know, uh, the the early word uh, is that uh, maybe finally in the Predator realm they've gotten something right. And uh, the early whispers I'm hearing is that this could be uh, the best film involving anything Predator-related since the original. Ooh. Okay. Wow. And this is on Hulu anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's released uh, on Hulu. So I guess it's out now. Yes. Um, yes. It's, a, about it's a Hulu yeah. exclusive, and it is currently screaming, screaming, streaming on, on Hulu. Uh, and maybe it's right? watching. Uh, yes, it takes place long in the past, like like uh, uh uh, uh, in like a involving like native tribes. Uh, anyways, um, the, the the word all of the early buzz is, is positive. Is the point that I'm trying to make uh, in the in in when it comes to things involving the predator. But anyway, uh, in looking at the clock, uh, I'm going to continue to press on here. Uh, there is a, a TV show that's been on my Netflix list uh, that I have not yet gotten to, um, and this. Uh, Netflix series was titled uh, First Kill, uh, a, a teenaged vampire uh, kind of Romeo-Juliet sort of kind of film uh, series. 
Uh, and uh, there was eight episodes, and uh, you know, while there was some positive feedback surrounding it, it's been announced that uh, it is over after this first season. There will be no more. Uh, well, now it's, uh, you know, doing a lot of work right now to balance, um, you know, viewing numbers versus cost. So uh, there will be no more first kill on Netflix if that is something that's been on your radar or if it is something you have watched. Damn, Netflix trimming the fat too, just like HBO Max. I never even heard of First Kill until I reported about it on Facebook page. Like, what the fuck is First Kill? (laughs) Okay, not getting a second season. But so yeah, weird. But obviously not getting the viewership. All right, moving on, Dean. What do you got? I will tell you. I will tell you what I got. Uh, The Criterion Collection is going Mm -hmm. to be giving this fall. Uh, Night, the original Night of the Living Dead, uh, the oh, 4K ultra high definition treatment featuring yep. a 4K digital restoration. Uh, you will Take be able to acquire this uh, in your hands on October 4th uh, for the reasonable price of $34.99. Uh, it's an yeah. interesting, uh, you know, obviously in this day and age when it comes to dig- uh, physical media, the you know 4K UHD. Uh, buzzwords seem to be the thing that people get excited about, but uh, with all of the time on this program that has been devoted to talking about uh, the early foibles of the original Night of the Living Dead when it comes to the trademark and how it immediately went into public domain and how anybody can do anything they want with it, etc., 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 that they're looking to put together a, yeah. a collection that they're going to, to charge uh, $34.99 for. Uh, there was a time when uh, just as a as a kind of comparison, uh, there was a time uh, when Best Buy first opened in the Nalapin, uh where they had these mm-hmm. DVDs for sale and like these little flat cardboard envelopes uh, at yeah. the front of the store for a dollar. Uh, and I bought Night of the Living Dead, and I bought uh, like an old like kind of slapstick comedy uh, newspaper like thriller called uh, His Girl Friday. And, and a couple of other titles that I don't remember, but for like a dollar a piece. So, uh, yes, 4K digital restoration, ultra high definition Criterion Collection release is very exciting. But I mean, man, how many different versions of Night of the Living Dead the original uh, can there be? But anyway, if it's your thing, uh, don't ask the king, don't ask the king that October question. 4th. Why did you even bring that question up? Because now I'm going to tell you. <laughs> no, it'll be my fourth. Yeah, it'll be my fourth edition. <laughs> Because I do have the Criterion mm-hmm. Collection release that came out a couple of years ago that Martin Scorsese oversaw. So I bought that as soon as it came out. And then now we have the, the Ultra 4K HD. And I'm like, ah, I got to get that too because it's actually pretty affordable. So, yeah, this will be my fourth edition of Men of the Living Desert yes. on my shelf. And I have the, uh, the Grandmaster from DVD. Yeah, so, yeah, good. Yes. And speaking of. 4K ultra high definition releases. The fine folks over at Scream Factory uh, have announced that also on October 4th, uh, there is going to be a triple feature release featuring uh, Halloween 6, uh, H2O, and Halloween Resurrection. And as of this time, it's only going to be released in a triple feature box set for $119.98. They are not at this time going to be selling uh, the original films as they did 
they did make sure to note that for Halloween 6, uh, this will include both the theatrical as well as the producer's cut. Uh, I have so, both. They're good. <laughs> I, I, I know that you do. <laughs> well, according to the king, the, the producer's cut is the only way to go. What, so. It, so it is the, the only way to go. What yeah, it's the, called the 95 um, to 2002 collection, and that's a steep price, so I won't be buying that, but uh, so. Good. Looks I so mean, hey, look, if, <laughs> look, the bottom line is, is, you know, the Night of the Living Dead single pack is thirty four ninety nine, And for this yeah, one, you're talking about four different, you're, you are talking about four different films. Um, Which I have multiple versions, versions Well, <laughs> you're going to, you also have multiple versions of Night of the Living Dead. I do. But I just have multiple versions of Halloween 4 as well in HD and also in Blu-ray and DVD form. But I also have theatrical <laughs> and producers. Of Halloween 6, I was like, I don't have any more room on my shelf. I was like, I'm just going to have to let it go. I'm just going to go to the end of the living dead. But also, <sighs> Lost Boys is getting released in 4K. And I'm like, I've got to get that one. I only have two versions <laughs> of Lost Boys. One on Blu-ray and one on DVD. So i got to get the Ultra 4K. So it'll be three versions of the Lost Boys that I have. Because that's coming out soon, too. But you because don't have a 4K anyway. TV. Uh, yeah, but I also have a 4K version of Halloween Kills, which I bought, and it looks fucking perfect. So my my player is a 4K, not the TV. But yeah, but, but your t- but your TV isn't. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's semantics, you. monkey. It's fucking semantics, dude. <laughs> I got it because I like to have a display. Because it looked cool, and I bought it, and I was like, you know what? It's yes, cool. your, yes, your player is 4K, but you need to have a 4K TV to be able to actually get the resolution on there, brother. Who's doing it? Yeah, Maybe it's it like is. you – I don't know. I just hey. bought it and seen that TV a couple years ago. Maybe it has 4K. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Your, your, your 4K doesn't have to hurt – I mean, your TV doesn't have to hurt to do 4K. You know what? Don't shame me, Michael Wexley. <laughs> So let me get the 4K because I want to have it. Because if anybody okay. who doesn't want to come over to my place and wants to watch 4K version, I have it. So there you go. I'm taking ahead. <laughs> they won't know about the TV. Okay. Like when Marie okay. comes over and she's like, let's have a date night. Let's watch the Lost Boys. I'm like, which one do you want to watch? The DVD, the Blu-ray, or 4K? Ooh, I've Ooh. That's what they think about. And make her so wet and be like, what do you want, baby? I got all three. <laughs> She's just going to be like, take me now. I'm like, I know, babe. Give them all three versions. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. Because <laughs> that's what I'm all about, oh. having options. <laughs> do you want to watch the theatrical oh. Halloween 6 or the producer's yeah. cut? And, Go with producer's oh, cut. and by the way, just to make it hotter, I'm going to sit there and do it with my I Still Believe rubber band bracelet, which I have right here, and I'm putting it on right now. Yeah, <laughs> I have it framed because I still believe Tim Capello. Yeah, what a great guy! But all right, anyway, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about before we get into the movie? So, also, uh, I want to say that uh, this September, on September, oh, I no, yes, in September sixth, I did want to what? say that Scream Factory also. Uh, has what? the UK 4K UHD uh, release coming out of Toby Hooper's 1981 uh, film, The Fun House. Uh, oh, goddammit. it! Uh, it's been a while. 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 It's been a while
done with my third copy because I have a DVD and Blu-ray of the Funhouse. All right, here we go. <laughs> Getting them options in. Come on, ladies. Marie, come on over. We're watching the Funhouse. You select the version we watch. You want? <laughs> do you want the 4K? You want the Blu-ray or the DVD? You pick. I don't fucking care, dude. Like, I really don't. <laughs> Why are you asking me these questions? You know I don't care. <clears throat> but still, come on. Options. Got to have them. That's why I have, like, multiple versions of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But they have extras. Yeah, but this one has, you know, commentary by Daniel Poe. Shock the movie. Like, you got to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> the cinephile in me. Mm-hmm. But, all right, so that's going to be cool. I got to check out that purchase. All right, so what else are you going to be opening my wallet for, Dean? Uh, well, <laughs> this, this next item isn't really in your uh, collectible sphere, uh, but okay, the, the good, people good. at at Waxwork, uh, to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Killer Clowns uh, from Outer Space, have released oh, a, a, double, a double vinyl <laughs> uh, record collection of the score. So... Uh, oh, I'm good. Oh, dollars. <laughs> nope. Yeah, he so, doesn't have a record player. He's good. So that is available actually, right now as well. Um, actually, we do. But, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, if you would wallet. like to have the score, my point is if you would like to have the score of Killer Clowns from Outer Space on vinyl from Waxwork yeah. uh, to celebrate it's, the 35th anniversary, you can plunk down your $40 and you will be good to ooh, go. It's affordable. There you go, monkey. 40 bucks. Got the score to your favorite movie. Yeah, but I'm you not the collector you know. like you are. That's funny. No, but you could be. I can't you could that. I just, hey, listen, it's okay, date night. Look, okay, look, 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 look hey, I'm the kind of collector where I just went NECA to put out some good killer clown sculpted figures. That's all I want. NECA so put out some good. I said, I didn't say Tuny Terrors. I said, good sculpted, where they look like the Chiodo sculpts, and they are just awesome. They're painted. They're stained. Just really, really good-looking figures. That, but that, imagine that's that, the kind of Like, I, you know, you buy the score. You know, you put it on the record player. You and the Diva are having date night. And you're like, hey, baby, you want to get that, busy? That ain't going to happen. Right. Aren't you horny right now, Diva? She's going to be like, yeah, dude. Let's go in to make some popcorn. Hell yeah. Before you do, you better make sure you put on your cotton candy cocoon. Yeah. Where's your cotton candy gun, monkey? It's right here. Oh, shit. It's so hot right now. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so horny right now. Take me to the bedroom. <laughs> I'm just looking out for it. You know, you got to set the soundtrack for a sexy night. Uh, yeah, those kind of moments never happened in this place, but all right. Cool, what were you going to say? <laughs> oh, nothing. Uh, yeah, he wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, it's all about you, Bucky. You get sexy nope, to kill nope, clowns nope, space you, you, you fucking... Uh-huh. All right, I will... so, Dean, is that yeah. it? Or do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into the movie? Uh, I have some other things that I would like to talk about. Uh, right here right. On, this very, on this very program uh, that we call Talking Terror, uh, and, and <laughs> it's been you a few years, that. so... 
Uh, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was my pick, but we watched a film uh, for our show called Good Night, Mommy. Uh, mm-hmm. We did. This was my pick. And it was. I'm here Mommy. to say that <laughs> on Amazon Prime on September 16th, uh, the remake starring uh, Naomi Watts uh, will be hitting uh, Amazon Prime. So um, if anybody had been wanting to see more of that kind of story, uh, then you should look forward to this release. Uh, Naomi Watts, uh, you know, more having experience in, in the in the horror more uh, remake realm, being that she starred in the American version of The Ring all the way back like 20 years ago. Uh, but Good Night, Mommy was this little mo- this little film that we watched, and, and Mom spends the whole film with her face wrapped in a bandage, and there's the two little brothers. Um, I don't, don't remember ruin the specifics it. No, of no, the you're, plot. You're gonna spoil yeah, no, I'm not ruining anything. We spoiler. watched this fucking movie for the fucking show. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, we watched it because it's about. Um, but anyway, you're, you're acting uh, like we don't have new. You, you're acting like we don't have tens and tens of fans, new fans every week. <laughs> Messing it up. Thank you, tens of ten fans. It's September sixteenth on Amazon Prime. Uh, as all of the services will be gearing up uh, for all of their horror uh, and Halloween offerings for fall uh, season. And speaking of all of the streaming services, uh, having some success last year uh, with their exclusive Shutter release of VHS. Uh, 94, uh, right at the dawn of Halloween, uh, Shudder has announced that on Thursday, October 20th, they will be releasing, uh, there were new VHS film, VHS 99, uh, hitting Shudder again on October 20th. So, uh, if you have been a fan of the VHS world of films, uh, you have have another one to look forward to exclusively on, on Shudder. Yep, and I even have it on physical media, 94. So if anybody wants to come over and watch it, I have it on DVD, not Blu-ray, just DVD. So keeping it simple, keeping it safe. So, yeah, I can't wait for, for VHS 99. <laughs> I love those anthology movies so much. They're just so twisted and weird. But All right, anyway, Dean. So also, um, you know, as I've said before, uh, during this portion of our of our program, I don't like to just say, oh, uh, this person is making this movie and this person is making that movie because uh, that would take up all the time. Uh, so usually I, I stay away from that kind of business unless it's something like uh, really big uh, or uh, has an interesting tidbit. And this next one that I want to share does have a little bit of an interesting thing to me um, because she was such a presence in, in, in the mid to late 80s. Uh, for a lot of different reasons and, and, and avenues and purposes. But uh, Blumhouse has been working on a cannibal series uh, that is called The Horror of Dolores Roach. Uh, They're calling yep. it, this is going to be for Amazon. Uh, it is a uh, contemporary uh, Sweeney Todd-inspired Eat or Be Eaten uh, series. Uh, it was created uh, by a dude named Aaron Mark as a uh, one-woman play uh, and then became mm-hmm. a podcast. But right now, this is going Great to podcast. be an eight-episode eight series on Amazon. Uh, they're calling it a, uh, a macabre urban legend of betrayal, love, gentrification, cannibalism, and weed. 
Uh, but the interesting mm-hmm. tidbit that I wanted to share uh, was yeah, yeah, that's that, why the dean covered it. <laughs> well, no, also that uh, that Cindy Lauper uh, has signed on uh, to to be featured uh, to have a featured role in this eight episode oh. series. So, nice. um, you know, we we she was kind of kind of all over the place in in the eighties between uh, the her ties to professional wrestling and the Goonies and her hit song. And uh, so anyway, that's why I wanted to share that piece of news about this Amazon series that's currently being worked on that has been a successful one-woman play as well as a successful podcast. Uh, no yeah, the fiction podcast time, is great. Uh, but it is currently in production. All right. So is that it for you, Dean? I believe so. Okay. Well... Thank you for all those. And, yes, I highly recommend checking out that podcast. It's a fiction podcast, but it's really well acted, uh, fantastic. So I can't wait to see it actually added so we can watch it on the screen. So without further ado, we're talking about Blood Red Sky from 2021, directed by Peter Thorwarth. This is your pick, Dean, so give us a synopsis of what you thought, and let's get on this flight, baby. Yes, it is my pick, Blood Red Sky, the Netflix exclusive. And, uh, you know, we were talking about streaming services and their uh, exclusive projects. And uh, this was a, a German film and uh, well, a British German film and where we talked about things such as Netflix's Army of the Dead carrying a ninety five million dollar budget. Uh, Blood Red Sky from 2021, a British uh, German uh thriller slash horror slash actioner uh, directed by Peter Thorwarth, uh, starring Roland Wallar, uh, Perry Baumster, uh, Chidi Ahufo, Alexander Shear, and Dominic Purcell. Uh, had a had a lower budget in the seventeen point seven million dollar range. So uh, you know a lot going on here for a, a smaller budget. But in Blood Red Sky, uh, a group of terrorists. Uh, take over a transatlantic flight uh, where a woman uh, harboring some kind of illness is uh, traveling with her son for some kind of mysterious medical treatment. And uh, during this hijacking, uh, this woman, uh, she needs to decide uh, whether a revelation of the illness that she's carrying is something that is going to be able to save uh, her, her son, and the other innocent passengers. So uh, that's the brief synopsis of Blood Red Sky from 2021. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? Uh, I, I had a decent enough time with Blood Red Sky. Uh, I felt that it took a little while to kind of get the gas pedal uh, you know, pushed down a little bit, but I felt once it did, it was a kind of exciting thriller. Um, yes, there was elements of horror uh, to this, which we'll get into, but I found this to be more uh, like a suspenseful thriller with horror overtones. Um, but it was kind of one of the ways that Netflix, when you like put on the, you know, when you open up Netflix, they describe it as, as, as genre bending, which I believe, you know, has some merit there. Uh, and, um, you know, I didn't think this was the best film ever, but, but I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Go. Cool. What you think about Blood Red Sky? 
You know, this one was a uh, was a weird one. When I first watched the trailer for it, uh, after after Dean, you know, it said said this was his pick, and you know, I, I normally wait until you know Monday to to kind of get an idea of what movie it is that we'll be watching, and you know, Tuesday is typically mm-hmm. the day I end up watching the movie. Uh, watched the trailer for it, and you know, I, I thought it was an inter an interesting concept. I, I I was kind of excited for it. The idea of Vampires on a plane. I mean, it's kind of like snakes on a plane, you know. Um, Get these motherfucking snakes on my plane. But as far as like the actual execution of this film, I I feel like without going too deep on it, it bored me at a lot of times, and that really was like just a uh, very disappointing. Um, I found my attention like wandering constantly. Now I don't know if that's just because of the the, the language issue. Uh, I guess that is a possibility. But considering so much of it was in English, um, as well being a British and German movie, I, I don't feel like that was the case. I just feel like the the, the movie took too long to finally get to anything entertaining, and then by the time it did, it was like, yeah, are you over? Yeah, and and it wasn't. <laughs> okay, Monkey, what did you think about Bloodgrove Sky? All right, man. So someone in Germany, somewhere in there, Wesley Snipes must have a huge fan base because someone in Deutschland was stoned out of their fucking mind when they come up with an idea. That idea was to take Passenger 57, then throw in all the Blade films, and maybe a touch of a zombie outbreak film and mix all these motherfuckers up and hope they formed a badass vampire honey Voltron on a plane. So someone else heard this idea and was like, oh, hell, that sounds really awesome. Let me throw some money at it. And then that person went on and got someone else really stoned over there in Germany and was like, dude, that's probably the coolest idea for a movie. Let me throw some money at it. And then it continued to throw, and more people threw money at it and more people threw money at it until we were presented with this. Because how in the hell could a movie like this fucking awful be made without the assistance of Zack Snyder? Because that is the only way a movie like this could have been done. Because it was right up his alley. It was horrible. It was cheesy. It was a bloody mess. And it's just, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So, King, what did you think of this movie? (laughs) Yeah. To kind of resound the ghoul. Uh, I definitely found there was a lot of this movie where I'm like, that that could have been trimmed. You know, I don't really think that we needed to have an origin story as far as how Nadia became a vampire. Like, I felt like it kind of dragged the movie down to where when I was making my notes, I'm like, I'm just going to talk about it right here. <laughs> I'm just going to say it here, and then we're going to move on. Because it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool. You have a plane, you have this vampire disease going around, but you also have these hijackers, and it's the concept is great, but the execution wasn't really that well done. You know, it, it dragged in a lot of parts where I was like, oh, my God, this movie's two hours? Like, how are they going to make this movie two hours? Like, it's a bottle movie. It's on a plane, <laughs> you know, but they managed to do it. And when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's my kind of takeaway from it. Like, I didn't hate it. Like, I wasn't like, oh, man, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. But it's like, it seems like they just watched Nosferatu they watch 30 Days a Night, and they're like, how can we make this movie work? Okay, we got it. We'll put it on a plane. We'll make it happen where it's like 30 Days a Night, but there's the sun, and there's 
And the dubbing was just like Fulci would have been like, yes, this is what dubbing is. Because, yeah, you know, the, the <laughs> Elias, Elias, you know, with his dubbing where he's like, get away from me. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Oh, you got you know, a dub lots, copy. You know, oh, oh, lucky you. Watched, oh, you watched the English version of it. I, 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 I could the, the main version was German with, with also English for certain characters because they were British. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I watched the oh, fully so, so, dubbed version where I was like, oh, oh my wow. God, this is like full cheese oh, no, to an Netflix extent. Oh, no, Netflix's fully dubbed oh. movie is terrible, bro. They're like, if you really want like just a laugh, eat yourself a couple edibles or smoke like a dube or something <laughs> and put on one of their Spanish features with the fucking English oh. dubbing. You will die. Oh, I was just, so bad. I was yeah. astounded. Yeah. I was like, listen, we need to fucking forgive Fulci for his movies because the dubbing on this was just so bad in parts. You know, even when oh, Dominic Purcell, who's Australian, and he's giving his lines and he's sounding Australian in a lot of parts. I'm like, but no, like, what are you doing? Like, this is such horrible dubbing. But, you know, it's, you know, it just, uh, Elias will get into him. Like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, who's the most annoying kid character in the movie? He's not so much annoying. Baba Duke still is like the forefront, you know, of, of annoying characters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That but, fucker need yeah, that that fucker needs to be thrown into a wicker man and just set on fucking fire. All right. Elias gets there, <laughs> like, but, <you> know. so <laughs> So yeah. So anyway, well, I'm just I'm, I'm talking about that little fucker from Baba Duke. <laughs> Yo, yeah, no. He's like, right okay, you want to scream? All right, listen, listen. Okay, okay, you want to scream? You want to scream? All right. We're going to rip mm. your ass out of the back of this fucking car. We're going to throw you a wicker man. All right. We're going to set your ass on fire. Go ahead, keep screaming, motherfucker. It ain't going to last long. Oh, that it's little not, shit. Elias isn't <laughs> so bad. I mean, but Elias kind of reaches it at some point. But I think it's because of the dubbing. But anyway. So when we kick this movie off, we open up at a Royal Air Force base in Scotland where soldiers are helping guide down a large passenger plane. Colonel Alan Drummond radios to the plane but gets no answer, and then they see someone in the cockpit. Mr. Drummond? Is yeah, not the Mr. Stroke. Oh, this is a different guy. What are you talking about, oh. Mr. D? <laughs> yeah, not from Police Academy, but this is a different Drummond who was in the, the Hobbit series, the actor that played Drummond. Uh, so he radios to the, the plane and gets no answer. Then we see somebody in the cockpit appearing to be hurt. He's got a hand off. You know, so we see that he's missing a hand. And the rear hatch opens of the plane, and a boy comes out seemingly unharmed, holding a teddy bear as the soldiers make contact. The man in the cockpit radios to Drummond, saying that he can explain everything, and he isn't a terrorist, so please don't shoot me because it's cool. We'll explain later. And then we cut to the hospital where Naomi introduces herself to the boy, and then ask what happens. And we've got to get a motherfucking flashback. Flashback. So what happened to... <laughs> so we, we find out what happened. So we get introduced to a woman that's bald, standing in front of a bathroom mirror. She's putting on a wig. This is a German widow, Nadia. And she has sent her son, Elias, ahead to the airport. The pair are taking a plane trip to New York, where Nadia is going to be able to get treatment for some unknown disease that she has. She takes medication. That kind of causes her a little bit of harm, but she's okay. She's going to get there. So while checking in, Elias meets a guy named Fareed who helps him with his packages and his, his baggage. And then Nadia arrives and heads right through security. I want to stop you. I want to stop you there for a second, King, because in that in that moment when Fareed helps with the with the luggage, uh, like they make it a point to like indicate the the and granted he's a little yeah. kid but when Farid goes for it yeah. uh they kind of made it a point to to reference kind of the heft of 
the bag and what was in it, which yeah. I feel, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways that usually, uh, you know, sets something up for later. So I was like, oh, okay, so what's in the bag? But that's something that never really comes about. Yeah, so, or that yeah. there's something. Yeah, but but also I was expecting something to come across where, you know, once we start to learn what's just going on, maybe the kid was a half breed or something like that. And again, mm-hmm. it never went there either. No, it doesn't really go anywhere. But anyway, Farid is introduced, and we're, we're going to see a lot of him a little bit later. Uh, Nadia arrives. They get onto the plane. They arrive in their seats, and you know we have the attendant taking orders from the pilot and co-pilot Bastion. This seems a little preoccupied, but we're going to find out why he's so preoccupied. Uh, save that knowledge for later. So during the flight, Nadia exits the bathroom, breathing heavily, seeming uncomfortable, sits down in her seat. Elias is asleep, and then we get a flashback to when Elias was a baby, and she's with her husband. They're playfully – well, I shouldn't say playfully. They're, like, they're really being extreme with their snowball fight because she has a baby strapped to her chest, and she's like, ha, ha, ha throwing snowballs at her husband, yeah. and he's like, yeah, take you down. Like a, she's falling on the ground. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a fucked up. Your chest. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fucked up Bjork video here. <laughs> so, like I had said in my, my, my thoughts of the movie, so I'm going to get to it real quick. So, Nadia, with her husband, their car breaks down. So, her husband goes, and he finds a farmhouse where he could possibly find help. He disappears. Nadia, wondering where he went, goes to the farmhouse and finds him dead. He has been killed by a vampire that bites Nadia. Nadia fights back, and as the sun rises, the vampire that bit her is killed by the sun. So she is now bitten by this vampire, doesn't really know how to deal with being a vampire. She eventually goes back to the farmhouse and finds an elderly vampire who says, I got to kill you. Because I'm, and I'm ending all this vampirism. I'm ending it all, and you need to die. And she's like, fuck you, dude. And she fights back and kills the elderly vampire and takes his vials of vampire suppressors. So that's how she's able to kind of exist in this world. She takes vampire suppressants so she can put on her wig, put in contacts, put in fake dentures, and just live a normal, somewhat life with this suppressant. But but here we have a problem though because he she here we see a supply of vampire suppressant again yeah. rules have not been established for vampirism here about what you can and can't do you know how to kill them this and that okay the the baby is a baby which he goes back and stuff like that you know her, yeah. Elias is just mm-hmm. a baby yeah. so you know this, this all of the storyline about this shit you know where is she getting this shit from where is she getting the stash you know like they completely skip over this shit of you know yeah she got it at the fucking drugstore or some shit <laughs> yeah they, they, they kind of skip over it they're like let's it's not important let's move on so meanwhile on the flight suddenly a fight breaks out between a man named Carl and one of the flight attendants on the plane so as an air marshal pushes the man away and tries to calm him down, the flight attendant appears and pulls out a knife on the air marshal as the agitated man oh, grabs a hold of the air marshal. Oh, shit, it's going down. So we see other men get up and start walking towards the cockpit, and we realize we are in a hijack situation. So once things are in order, the flight attendant, now known as 8-Ball, stabs the air marshal in the eye, and then multiple times in the chest, and all of a sudden he becomes like a John Lydon character. Like, all right, all right, we're going to go do it. I'm a psychopath. Hello, hello, all right. I was like, okay, all right, so we have this character. <laughs> British and enjoying the fact that he's a psychopath. Um, the passengers are being alerted that the plane is being taken over by Leader Berg, 
played by Dominic Purcell. And Berg gets access to the cockpit. It? Who played Heat out. Wave in the in the Flash series? <laughs> Ghoul. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. So Ezra Miller. No, not Ezra Miller. It's it's Dominic Purcell. We find out that Berg is the American of these terrorists that's leading the charge, and that co-pilot Bastion is also part of the plan. He knocked out the pilot. As the passengers are all guided to the airplane. That's what I think. Yeah, prison break is what I got. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we see that the black box is being reprogrammed so the plane could just fly around and turn around. And Elias flips through a magazine right that details the sections of the plane, including the cargo hold where he thinks that they can go hide. But Nadia's like, fuck that, dude. I'm just going to sit right here. It's going to be fine. Fareed is grabbed by one of the terrorists. And Elias takes this opportunity to run to the cargo hold. Nadia runs after him, and then 8-Ball is like, hey, where are you going? And shoots her multiple times. And he's like, oh, well, sorry. Had to do it. No choice. And much of the shock of him and the terrorist buddies, Elias runs to her but is pulled away and put back into his seat by the terrorist. So he's like, fuck, almost was out of here. But nope, not quite. So they dump her body I, off into the hole. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, but this is one of the problems we're having with the movie here, though, is because everyone else is so bloody dry. It's like the terrorists are the only things, are the only you know characters in this movie who have any yeah. actual character. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we have to get we're getting our character development from the bad guys here, and it's like you know, uh, yeah. I'm completely on board with the terrorists in this movie. Sorry, guys. Fuck all you guys. These are actually the only interesting motherfuckers in this movie. <laughs> they kind of are, but a question to you guys, because, you know, we see Nadia get shot. She gets thrown into the cargo hold. We see that she awakens, coughing up blood, because she is a vampire. What the fuck was the point of these terrorists taking over the plane? I don't get it. Like, I was still trying to understand it, because they grabbed Fareed and Muhammad and another person from the Middle East to read these passages to tell to the to whoever they're going to tell us to. Well, there's a they, like, well, at, I don't get at it. At some point, they didn't, I don't, I don't recall a uh, specific endgame reference, but without question, uh, they did reference uh, the amount of money that each of them was making. Uh, They were each going to get, I believe it was a million dollars, because after the first of the, uh, after the first of the terrorists is dead, uh, as they're kind of, as the terrorists are moving on, one of them says, uh, what's going to happen to his million? Mm, Yes, I heard that too. Uh, Okay, so so what I do, what what I gathered from from some of the the, the dialogue that was going on, um, I think that it was just simply a matter of, uh, getting out of the country. The whole thing with the Muslim characters was they were going to use them yeah. as scapegoats. They were going to be the excuse. Mm. Um, that this, okay. Yeah, even for references that act, later on. Whatever this terrorist act was, is it was going to be blamed on the Muslims in there. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, I was kind of wondering the same thing as far as like what was their their ultimate purpose? I mean, were they stealing something from the cargo hold? They kept making right. reference to the cargo hold, and that's where everything was. And then they had all the the bombs and everything. So maybe they were just trying to start something. Oh, that's what it is. I'm so God. I'm so sorry. They were trying to make something happen with the market. They were try, like the uh, like the stock market. Yeah, they wanted to crash the stock had, market. 
they were going to hmm, well, they okay. were going to they were going to have a terrorist attack because the last time there was a terrorist attack, uh, the markets crashed, a lot, and then a lot of people got rich when they rebounded again. Yeah. So I think the idea was to to blow up the plane, have this terrorist attack. It would be blamed on the Muslims, and then you know obviously they'd have whatever money they were getting paid, and and whoever whoever the bigwigs were that were paying them off were the ones that were going to benefit from it. But we never we never find right. out who these invisible money men are. Yeah. Right. But again, though, the whole thing, but but the whole thing about the stock market crash, though, again, that was just speculation amongst the passengers. You know, no one that that's the other problem is again, we yeah. don't know for sure exactly why. You know, maybe they they were you know just hired hands here to pull off this job for someone else. You know, to do something. You know, that, that's I the thing. You know, they're, they're, just, they're just shoppers I think there. makes reference to something to do with that as well. I think that that is what it is. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, Dominic Purcell says something along the lines to kind of confirm that. It's a little unclear, but I'm glad you guys kind of had your opinions because I just I didn't get it. Um, but while they are making preparations to parachute out of the plane, Nadia makes her way into the cargo hold and being in this kind of mode, she sees one of the terrorists <laughs> And she needs to get strength, so she reaches into one of the dog crates, finds a chihuahua, and feeds on it. And this is when one of the parents is like, up. I can't stand and chihuahuas. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and she feeds That's on okay. one I of can't, the I can't stand my chihuahua. <laughs> but there's also, like, a bigger dog. It's like, yeah, why do you want to go with a chihuahua? It's like a small little dog. Go for the big one. <laughs> That's got a lot of blood in it. You're going to be fine, but... She goes for the chihuahua, she goes for the terrorist, and Berg starts to wonder what's happened to that terrorist that's now dead, so they have to go into the, the cargo hold and find out what's happened. So the terrorist is dead, and Nadia is kind of reaching her strength. As she reaches the cockpit, she sees one of the terrorists taping spray cans to a wall, which Berg makes comment to, like, oh, yeah, nice, putting those spray cans. That's going to be good. Yeah, hairspray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight ball pulling off a great David Bowie, Johnny Rotten moment where he puts on the little hat of the flight attendant. He's like, all right, we're all out of here, guys. Okay, it's been fun. But, you know, there's going to be some nerve gas going to be going on in the cabin. And oh, we're the only ones that have gas masks. Have a good flight. Sit back, relax. <laughs> and they decide to leave. So Berg and the boys head to the cargo hold. And when they find the dead chihuahua and the terrorists, they realize, well, it's not going according to plan. Like, this plan is not really working out too well. And I love the fact that the one dog is licking up the blood. (laughs) 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 I'm having a great time licking it up. Nadia makes her way to her son, much to the astonishment of the passengers. Nobody in the fucking cabin is like, wait, you were shot like several times, dude. (laughs) How are you still walking around? They're like, oh, hey, yeah, that's that woman. Is it? I don't know. Because <laughs> now she's bald and she's like she weird looking 30 days a night. So Nadia rushes Elias to the cockpit, finding it empty, and the plane is flying on autopilot. So that's when you have to introduce Muhammad, who volunteers to fly, but he's like, yeah, but I play like video games. Like, I, I know how that goes. <laughs> so, but I'm an aeronautical engineer, not a pilot. <laughs> so it's going to be okay. 
And Elliot's is super cool with his mom being a vampire. He's like, yeah, you need to feed, right? You don't need blood. All right, well, you know, we'll figure it out. You just need to get better. Take your meds. And that's when Apol decides to check where they put Nadia's body, realizing that she's alive. And so all the terrorists go in search of her, being told by the rat passenger, oh, she's in the cockpit. Cool, thanks. You're not going to get dying in any moment because you ratted her out. And we'll no, man. Later. You're going to be perfectly fine. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. <laughs> yes, you will so, be fine. Everything is okay. Berg and Bastion <laughs> try to get into the cockpit. Nadia has Muhammad try to turn the plane around. And the men execute a passenger as Nadia continues to refuse an entry into the cockpit. Eightball goes in search of another passenger to be executed, and he grabs a teenage girl. Berg once again gives a kind of three, and seeing that the young girl causes Nadia to vamp the fuck out. Now she's like, all right, fuck this shit. Off goes the wig, off goes the dentures, and she takes a big old bite at a Berg's neck. Not killing him, ah. but turning him into a vamp. So seeing the horror unfold, the terrorists flee from her as Burr begins to turn into a vampire, but he won't get a chance to because he's stabbed in the chest by Nadia. So, yeah, sorry. And, and yeah. And, oh, man, see, here's the problem, man. He was such a great character here. I was yeah. so upset mm-hmm. that he went so quick in the movie. And <laughs> yeah. it's it just, you know, he, he was the leader and just balls to the wall with shit and trying to keep everyone in line. And it was just such a shame that they use them up so quickly. And the, the teenage girl that got taken, once this happened, she runs away. But it's like, you know what? Now you have the greatest what I did to my summer vacation story ever. Like, this would be <laughs> fucking so solid. You go back to school the next summer, and you're like, hey, guys, I took a flight to New York City, and guess what happened? Vampires. Like, it was fucking so cool. Like, you had to be there. You know, and they're like, yeah, fuck you. It didn't happen. Like, no, I swear to God, guys. I swear to God. Like, I got almost killed. But no, so she runs away. Check out, my, check out my TikTok account. It's all over it. <laughs> yeah. So Eightball finds a diary of Nadia, and he discovers that she is a vampire. And what is to suppress it with the drugs, he grabs a UV light and decides that the light will be the thing to use against her. I mean, okay. I mean, I guess the UV light would work, but it's like, eh, but vampires are typically sunlight. Like, I don't think you could shine a flashlight on a vampire and be like, oh, no! You know, and... It worked in Blade. They did it, they did it in Blade. <laughs> Again, copy. <laughs> yeah, true. but also, wait, but, but also, it's like, when they, when 8-Ball first, you know, they're hanging out in the cargo bay, and Eightball first learns we're dealing with a vampire. What does he do? He grabs a hockey stick and starts sharpening that motherfucker. <laughs> so it's like... Yep. <laughs> As Nadia is, is trying to get the suppressant and, and put it into her. But, like, at this point, like, she's bald Billy Corgan meets Nosferatu <laughs> vampire, where it's like she's going to start singing some Smashing Pumpkins at any certain point. But, you know, she just... It looks like she's running a joke off. Today um, is the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Tonight, tonight. That happens. I'm going to bite That's you. The day. That's the day that the <laughs> Dean jumps off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I know. It's terrible. But Elias decides that time is now to get real. His mom is in the bathroom. He manages to drag her out of the bathroom, but he can't get into the cockpit. So she hides him and goes up to the terrorists. Eightball subdues her with the UV light, and the other terrorists attempt to breach the cockpit. 
Eightball extracts some blood from Nadia, and he's like, cool, I have a souvenir of the time we've been together. It's like, it's been really important to me. But, you know, now <laughs> I have this blood. I got it. It's going to be fun. Like, it's going to be fun. But as he tries to use that hockey stick to stake her heart, Elias grabs Berg's gun. He's like, what up, bitch? Like, oh, are you going to shoot me? Are you really going to shoot me, dude? I don't think you can, bro. He's like, dude, I fucking swear to God I will. But, of course, Elias can't do it. Eight ball grabs him, and a shot goes off, and we have depressurization going on in the cabin because one of the windows gets shot out. So it's like, really, though? I would think that airplanes would have, you know, bulletproof glass. But, you know, no. And this one uh, Okay. But either way, we have depressurization, but we don't have actually anybody getting sucked in, through the window. No, like, nobody. Been, this would have been awesome. Out. You know, something. Like, I was expecting eight ball to, like, at this point, to get sucked through the window. You know, something. Yes. You know, and, but, yeah. But, no, you know, Nothing. it's like, okay, depressurization where you're losing massive pressure. Shit is flying through the window. Have you not seen Final Destination? <laughs> you know, and there's actually true stories of people being sucked through those windows. I actually watched yeah, one on YouTube they, about a woman getting sucked through a window when it depressurized. And I'm like, okay, well, not in this movie. Cause we nope, have to have eight balls not in this there. one. There, there, yeah, there were a couple of issues with, uh, you know, open parts of the plane during flight that didn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. I will say that. <laughs> None. Because Muhammad, who's in the cockpit, he eventually succumbs to the lack of oxygen. So the terrorists are like, well, let's just fucking kill him. And then we'll get, you know, regain control of the plane. And we'll just regain cabin pressure. We'll figure it out, which they do very quickly. Like, it's not like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? Like, no, we're fine. <laughs> we yeah. figured it out. It's like because you, you still drop an altitude. You drop altitude, lower pressure. But it doesn't change the fact that you're, you know, tra- traveling several hundred miles an hour. You know, that's still causing a vacuum there in that fucking window. <laughs> No, and so 8-Ball, after this exchange, escapes to the cargo hold where he has the blood vial and the shot where he could use on himself if he so pleases, and he does. And Nadia chases after him, and he runs into this car, which is apparently bulletproof. So apparently, um, yeah, for some reason, there's a car, car on the cargo hold <laughs> that is bulletproof. <laughs> and she tries to jam a pole into the, the windshield, which makes a hole, and she's like, oh, shit, I know what I need to do now. I need to just pour some booze in there and put a flame in there. Let's light him up. But, unfortunately, he had used that blood on himself, and he starts to vamp out. So he's freaking out in the seat. Oh. You see the fangs coming in. He's freaking out. She dumps the booze in there, lights him on fire. But, of course, the terrorists are like, oh, there's a fire in the cargo hold. Let's go save our friend. And so they have to run down in the cargo hold and save eight balls. But, He's okay. He's a little crispy. He's a little burnt, but it's yeah. fine because now okay, he's okay. and he but, needs to feed. Yeah, yes, but another ahead. problem, we have a fire in the car, and yes, the suppression systems on the plane put out the fire in the car. You know, it's like this, <laughs> yeah. they should have been just been like, you know, vampire creme brulee in there. It should yep. have been, oh, I'm a little toasty. Oh, come <laughs> on, but I, I, I need a little taste. <laughs> yeah. Because now Apol, who is full vampire, decides to take out some of his friends. He kills one. He turns another one into a vampire, trying to build a little vampire army on the plane, you know, while everybody tries to figure out what's going on. The passengers are freaking out because now Nadia is in the cabin, 
And they're like, oh, it's shared a fucking vampire. And Elias's like, no, she's my mom. Stop. That's my mom. And they're like, yeah, fuck you, dude. It's a fucking vampire. We're not any part of this. And they're like, no, no, it's cool. Like, we need to team up. We need to team up. We need to go after Paul. I'm like, yeah. Some of the passengers are like, oh, all right, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. All right, that's, I believe you. So they decide to help her and push Eight Ball into the cargo hold, but not before Eight Ball bites Fareed on the hand. And then Nadia's like, dude, uh, the hand's got to go. He's like, but that's my jerk-off hand. She's like, well, you're going to have to one with the other hand. Well, yeah, like, oh, I believe they call that, you know, they call that the stranger. Stranger. We got to take yeah, it off. So. Yeah, but apparently Nadia wasn't going to wait for him to sit there and do his lucky lucky letter to the yeah, three strokes. She was like, fuck it, done. Smack. And cut that fucker right off. <laughs> yep. So now, you know, and I love the fact that he tells Elias, like, oh, listen, I caught it in the door. Like, we had to cut it off. Like, he's still trying to tell Elias, like, no, nothing bad happened. Like, I definitely wasn't bit by a vampire. Like, it's fine. Like, it's, I caught it in the cargo hold. So... We're going to be okay. So Nadia grabs on the bastion, and she's like, dude, we've got to fucking land this plane. He's like, there's not enough fuel. Like, did you realize that plane's run on fuel? I don't think you did, because it does. And we don't have enough yeah, to and, turn around and, and you land in New York. Yeah, and between you and the terrorists, we've turned this motherfucker around like five <laughs> times o- over the Atlantic. <laughs> we got, like, no fucking fuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We're on, like, zero, but okay. Anyway, we're going to try to make it happen. So there's a passenger that had been bitten by another passenger of the Turnover Vampire, and he decides, I'm going to let it fall out of the hole because I'm dying, but I don't want to die. I kind of want to become a vampire. Like, that would be fucking so tight. And it of course, is like, fuck you, dude. Kills him. There's <laughs> no chance at all of becoming an immortal vampire. And it takes to the cabin and starts massacring the passengers, turning them into vampires, killing some. And the remaining passengers are like, dude, go to the cockpit. So they all run towards the cockpit, banging on the door, demanding to be let in. That's just like, no, we can't let them in because if we let them in, the door will be closed forever. So, like, that's oh. outside. Oh, now, <laughs> shit, now we're, like, trained to Bassan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they eventually, the group of Nadia, her son Elias, and Farid, and Bastion come up with a plan of blowing up the plane by using a detonator. So it's like, okay, well, we have a detonator. We just have to go to the cargo hold. Why the fuck is everything in the cargo hold? Every fucking thing in this movie is in the cargo hold. But we can't get there because it's too small. And okay, so Nadia's like, well, fine. I'll sacrifice myself. This is what I need to do. I need to kill all the vampires because we can't let them go. And of course, Elias is like, no, mommy, I'll go. She's like, Elias, stop it, you wanna fuck? And he's like, oh, away I go. With the fucking UV light in hand, running through the shaft to get into the cargo hold so yep. you can grab the detonator and bring it back. As a ghoul and I have played enough Lego, I mean, Lego games where we know this is where you use a short character <laughs> to go through the shaft. <laughs> yes. They don't jump, they don't jump yeah. at all, but they can get into these small little spaces. Yes. But luckily, Elliot has the UV light, <clears throat> which he's able to use against the vampires to get him away. After he finds the detonator, Elias runs back to the cockpit, but he's also attacked by vampires and drops the UV light along the way. You fucking idiot. Keep it on him. Just get that strength up. But he, of course, drops it. 
And then for reason, he can lift, so not only he can lift and he has suitcases, but he can't keep yes, a, he can. can't keep a flashlight on him. <laughs> and while they wait for him to come back, Nadia is like, "Hey, Fareed, not only do you have to land the plane, but like you're this guy's dad now. Like you're you're my son's dad. So enjoy." And he's wait, like, "What? The what? Fuck? No, I don't want that." And she's like, "Well, you're kind of stuck with it now." I'm like, "No, I'm not. <laughs> but don't put this on me." And, and she's like, well, I mean, I guess. But at the same time, I was like, no, don't put that on me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, what if the guy doesn't I like didn't kids? Ta- <laughs> I didn't tap that. <laughs> what if I did? <laughs> so in this moment, Nadia decides to buy Bastion and drag out his body so that the vans can feed on it. She runs through the passenger massacre that's happening so she can get to Elias, who is being attacked by Ace Ball. Nadia and Ipal have a bloody knockdown drag-out fight in the cargo hold, and it ends with the cargo hold door being open. And again, what the fuck? Wouldn't he be blown at the fucking plane? No, because he's a vampire. He could just be like, I'm going to grab on some shit. You know? <laughs> he would be out of that plane so fast. Well, and they all would. I mean, they all would here, here, here I do question something. Now, I don't know... Like how how commercial airliners like that work and everything, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. I guess cool. the, with the cargo hold, the well, no, again, I'm asking you guys on this one, man. Like the the cargo hold is that going to be pressurized as well? Because like I think of like when we went skydiving, you know what I mean? They opened the fucking the side door of the plane, and that was that. Hmm. I've never been to the plane not because of vampires. An expert in aerodynamics. <laughs> Yeah, I've never uh, flown before, your, so I've never even been on Your board. altitude, I'm sure, is going to have an effect on that as well, as well as speed. But, but yeah, everything, overall, every, everything, would, everything would have been pressurized because you're talking about crew members going down there as well. You're talking about carrying live animals and stuff like that. Everything in the cargo hold would have right. been pressurized just like the plane. He would have been sucked right out. Yes, Exactly. Plus, plus, plus despite yeah. anything else, okay, you sit there and drive in your car. You're sitting there driving 35 miles an hour, okay, and you sit there and crack open your window. You get a vacuum going, all right? That's yeah. why you're able yeah. to sit there and throw your cigarette your butts window. out the window door, okay? Now, imagine doing that at, thir- at oh, 3,500 miles an hour, okay? A bigger vacuum, all right? So, <laughs> therefore, shit gets wait, sucked wait, the wait, fuck wait, out. Wait. Who's going 3,500 <laughs> miles an hour? <laughs> I'm just I. I'm just an example, man. Your, your uh, average plane goes about 400 to 500 miles an hour, bro. All right, yeah, then we'll say 350 30, miles an hour. This doesn't fucking matter. All right, okay. all right. Yeah, huge, huge ass vacuum would have been caused by that door blowing open, and if anything, Elias would have been blown out that fucking door. <laughs> yep, he would have been gone. He would have been dead. He would have been dead, but. So uh, eight ball is still great. I just, I can, I can, I just want to say real quick, I can confirm from airliners.net and Air Canada that all cargo holds on transport rated aircraft are pressurized. Told you. Yeah, so there you go. They would have been sucked right out. But instead, what we get is eight ball grabbing on anything he can while he's also trying to grab onto Elias. And Elias is like, no. Get away from me. And I was like, again, I wish you guys could have listened to the dub version because it was fucking hilarious. He would have been going, hey, get away from me. And the, and, the, and the dub version, it's like he's yelling and screaming and shit like that. 
<laughs> yeah, and the version I watch, she's like, hey, get away from me. I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking great. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, no. He's just like, hey, hey, you guy, get away from me. <clears throat> but we have Fareed in the cockpit who decides the sun's coming up, but what better way to do that than disengaging the autopilot and manually flying this plane. So he manages to guide it into the sun, which bakes eight ball as he burns and falls to his ultimate death, as, as we assume, because but, we never see him again. Because we have to turn the plane around again, <laughs> burning up more fuel that we don't have. <laughs> Yeah, this has endless fuel, by the way, because, you know, Bash should warn them, but <clears throat> at the same time, endless fuel. So Elias, seeing that his mother's been injured, cuts himself and offers his blood to Nadia. And she drinks a little bit of it, and then we see that she pushes him away. Mom, 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 no. And we see that she's becoming a feral vampire and no longer able to be the mother to him. Elias cries and grabs onto his stuffed bunny as the movie cuts back to the present where Fareed is still in a standoff with Drummond and his soldiers. Fareed is still on the plane telling them, I'm not the bad guy. Like, I don't have any hostages. Just get me off this fucking plane. Like, yeah, we'll talk about it, okay? Like, we we will talk about it because you're Middle Eastern and we don't trust you. And he's like, dude, come on. Can't you see colors? Like, no, they can't. (laughs) They just think he's a terrorist. So, Elias is freaking out and says that all the passengers are dead, they're monsters, and they need to save Fareed. He's given a sedative as the commander is believing. No, he's just in shock. So meanwhile, snipers are shooting at the plane, intending to kill Fareed. He's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Please stop. We'll get him out. We'll flush him out. And they think that he has a detonator, and that's why they need to shoot at him. So we see the soldiers boarding the plane in an attempt to capture Fareed as Elias is being transported to a hospital. He begs them not to let anyone into the plane, and as Elias is about to be given another sedative, he uses it on the EMT and fucking just Bruce Willis himself out of this fucking ambulance. I was like, all of a sudden, this kid can fucking die hard. And he's like, yeah, barrel roll, gets out of the ambulance and starts running into the, the airfield where the plane is. And he's screaming for Fareed. He's running towards that plane. And Fareed's like, wait a second, I'm over here. Look over here, kid. He's like, nope. Just making a beeline for the plane as Fareed is strapped in by the soldiers, uh, taking away on a jeep. And as we see inside the plane, all the feral vampires are just taking out the soldiers. One at a time, it's a fucking massacre. So Elias runs to the plane, and he sees that his mother has dropped out of it, and she's massacring one of the soldiers. And he calls to her, Mom, Mom, but she's fully gone at this point. She is full. She's not coming back. So we see Elias reach into the stuffed bear, and there in there is the detonator. And he's like, motherfuck. Presses that button. Uh, The plane explodes, killing Nadia, all the vampires inside. Big explosion, which causes the soldiers that are carrying Fareed to be like, oh, shit, I guess you were innocent the entire time. Uh, apologies. Thank you. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and let you yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say that uh, when, you know, when he pulls out the detonator and blows up the plane, that, uh, one, that kid would have been blown to fucking bits. Uh, <laughs> oh, not, dude. Not, yeah. on it, not just knock on his butt. He would have been fucking vaporized. 
And yeah, he would have been Linda Hamilton. One of the too. things, one of the things that I guess disappointed me a little bit was that, you know, kind of figuring out as the film was going along, especially from you know Fareed pleading his case in the opening scenes of the film to the end, is that obviously. Uh, you know, aside from free, there's nobody left alive on that plane. And right. while we got yep. while we got like a little bit of it, like given the whole buildup, I was hoping for like a true longer segment of just absolute fucking carnage on the plane. Yeah. And I don't know that I necessarily yeah. mean like like uh, shutters uh, the sadness level of carnage. Uh, as far right. as like like the right. gore, I don't mean like the depravity, but like the gore. Uh, like I was truly hoping for like a little bit more of a sequence of just vampire fucking craziness on the aircraft. Like they, they, they kind of give you a little bit of it when that, that they have that weird camera angle that shows everything yeah. upside down. So it's like, yeah, we, we see them going crazy in the plane, <clears throat> just feeding on anything that they can. I kind of wanted to see some of them get out of the plane. And all of a sudden the soldiers are like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, why are they running towards us? Why are they all feral? Like, you know, like, and then all of a sudden the soldiers have to shoot down some of the vampires. Like, it just, it seems so fucking quick. Like, you know, they're like, why aren't the soldiers responding? Nothing. Like, it just, it was very quick with the fucking explosion. And again, yeah, that kid would be fucking toast. There would be nothing left. Yeah. But, but like, well, it's a controlled burn, like, I guess. On, <laughs> on top of that, it's like they wait till nightfall to do the raid onto the plane. So that there is no reason, like you were saying, King, we should have had some silhouettes dropping out and running away yeah. from the plane and the other direction, away from the airport. So now we have this thing of, oh, open ending, shit, shit did not conclude because some of them got away. Yes. You know, and that's what exactly, Monkey, you needed is to have some of them drop out and run before the explosion happens. So that way there's some out there. Like, they're not all dumb. They're not all dead. You know, they're out there somewhere, and they're feeding. You know? And yeah. It, it, it would have been a lot better as than it, that. Yeah. Yeah. As, especially when the way it was preached to Nadia at the beginning about, you know, you know it, it's pure evil. It needs to be stopped. It needs to be done. You know, from the elder vampire with the shotgun. You know, you can't yeah. stop the evil. You know, and therefore you needed to have that kind of moment there of, damn, they didn't fucking get them all, you know, and leave that yeah. open ending of, you would, I'm not saying for a sequel, I'm saying to right. just leave that open ending that you can't stop the evil of vampirism. Yeah, you know, because they weren't totally clear about vampirism in this movie. Like, they're like, yeah, you know, you, you become one, and then, you know, you start becoming feral, and that's why you attack people, but like, you know, you're assuming that they could be killed from the heart. Like, you know, and I wish they had done something different to make the vampire war different. Like, they had just introduced a different element to it, where it's like you can't just stab them in the heart and it's dead. You know, they can't die by fire. Like, you know, yeah, it's okay, sun's fine, but just give me something different, you know, than what I've seen already from all these vampire movies. Like, I guess that's what I was looking for. Like, something a little bit different where it's like, yeah, we tweaked it a little bit. So the vampire war is different this time where they can't go so easily. Well, they did click a little bit. I mean, I will give you this about this because they didn't go with wooden stakes. They did go with knives to the heart because Nadia right. did that. And then she also did the snapping of the necks on some of them. And yeah. that worked. Yeah. So, so that was a little yep. bit different 
there, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, again, with eight ball, he, you know, immediately vampire <laughs> broke out the wooden heart, broke out the UV, I mean, wooden stake, you know, uh, broke out the UV light, you know, immediately going back to the traditions of, you know, what we all know from movie shit, even though it's like, why the fuck is he even going there <laughs> when we, we're talking about a world where the, these are people that are being introduced to vampires for the very first time. You know, and I did like the, the application of the suppression. Like, this is what you shoot yourself up with, um, you know, and that's how you could kind of keep it at bay so that you don't go full feral and you could still be a modicum. But, like, there wasn't enough about that doctor. Like, a doctor that was going to be willing to give her treatment. So it's like, what happened to him? Like, did he know that she was a vampire? Like, he had to. Like, there obviously had to be something with that doctor in New York where he's like, yeah, I deal with vampires all the time. I, I, yeah, I can his name cure was you. Whistler. His name was Whistler. He just uh, he hadn't met Blade yet. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's it like, such a drop Chris Christopherson is, like, sitting over there, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah so, I, mean, I, got, I got just what you need. It was a drop <laughs> thing, and I'm like, okay, so it's fine. And I know that Elias referenced the doctor later in the movie when shit's mm-hmm. going down, but... Like, I don't know. With vampire movies, I just I want something different, and I think that's why I liked that movie Bliss that we covered so much, because it was different. It was like, this is a drug that'll turn you into a vampire rather than getting bitten. So I just, I've talked about it, you know, over many episodes where I'm kind of tired on the whole vampire thing. It's just, it's been done to death. Like, there's nothing new that you can introduce. Um, but, it, again, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's, it's fun if you want to see something different, like uh, the ghoul that snakes on a plane. Well, now you have vampires on a plane. So now it's like, how do you do deal with all these vampires? Guess these motherfucking vampires off a motherfucking plane. Again, that's what you do. <laughs> so as we, we close out this episode, next week, the pick is mine. So, you know what? I had a lot of thinking to do about what I wanted to pick. I had a lot of options. But I'm going to go with something that happened in 1976. So in 1975, Steven Spielberg introduced Jaws. And it terrified people. They didn't want to go in the water anymore. They were terrified. But in 1976, William Gerbler said, what if I wanted to scare the fuck out of people going into the woods to go camping? And he made the movie Grizzly. About a killer bear (laughs) that acts more like Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees than a bear should. So next week on the show, which is on Shudder, guys, we're going to be covering the 1976 killer bear movie Grizzly. Not Grizzly 2, the movie that never happened. <laughs> no, no, so no. Game bear. It's funny. It's funny that I was just I, – I, I, so I last, uh, last week was camping in Tahoe, and uh, on our, our final morning, uh, a big old fucking bear ambled through our campsite. And, uh, I mean, which is, you know, it's just – that's super fucking common. You know, they're, they're very docile and everything, but – uh, you know, at, at night there, you, I mean, you legitimately need to put everything in the campsite, bear boxes at your campsite, like your coolers, your toiletries, your fucking chapstick, like everything goes in the bear box. But anyway, uh, I had, uh, I was still sleeping in the van and my wife was up doing some morning things and had taken our stuff out onto the picnic table from the bear box to like get ready to make breakfast soon. And, you know, I guess, you know, the, the smell wafted through the air and this big old bear came came walking by and then you know she banged the pots and pans sent him on his way um but uh after that happened like we i had we had this whole i told her about the cocaine bear and then we were talking about i was talking about grizzly <laughs> and like other nature horror movies I told her about that movie backcountry that we watched for the show and oh yeah 
so yeah, this is the exploitation version of Backwoods, where we have a killer bear that's like, you know what, Jason Voorhees, fuck you, I can do it better. And we're going to see how it happens. <laughs> uh, because William Gerbler, who passed away in a, a plane crash, actually, of all things, uh, he actually made a movie called Day of the Animal, which was a lot like Grizzly, but with a bunch of different animals. And he did do Grizzly too. Uh, which was released, and I got a chance to watch it, and Charlie Sheen's in it, and it involves a rock concert and a killer bear. It's fucking awesome. But we're going to go back to the original with Christopher George and talk about Grizzly from 1976. And hopefully you're going to want to go camping after it. Who knows? Exploitation oh, yeah. is the finest. Stuff. So, <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about next week. Like I said, guys, it's on Shutter. Monkey, I know you're going to be able to find it, so I have no problem with that. Got it. Uh, so with that got being it. said... <laughs> All right. So, uh, Dean, want to go ahead and sign yourself out for tonight? Thank you for the pick. Signing myself off for tonight. Good night. Good night, everyone. Okay. Monkey, want to go ahead and sign yourself off? Thank you all at home for listening to our show and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Gul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Bleeb and sleech, everyone. Bleeb and sleech. Uh, drink, <laughs> drink, drink and sleep? What? Is that what you said? Drink, drink oh, and sleep? That's the German about. translation. Or stay scared, people. Stay scared. <laughs> that's the German translation. Good job, Gul. I love it. So, I mean, I, I can't do much better than that. Also, I'll just say, Guten, Glieben, Glauten, Globen. Thank you, Death Leopard. It's a great song. I'm allergic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening at home. We really appreciate you. Check out Facebook. Check out Instagram. We're always on there. We love you guys. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. We'll see you back here next week when we go camping with a grizzly. Mm-hmm.